Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. I'm excited about this, uh, this message. I, I think uh, as we launch into Psalms, uh, I was thinking uh, earlier this morning, there's this story in the Bible, a guy named Samuel, and Samuel, he, he hears someone calling him and he does not know it's God. I think there's some people in the room, it's like, you've got this calling in your life, you just don't know where it's coming from, but it's God, and uh, God's got a plan for you and a purpose for you. You didn't know that. You, you thought you just showed up here today, but I think it's like God's purpose and plan and timing that you would be in this city, in this day and age, like you're called here. And uh, so he doesn't know who's calling. He thinks it's, it, it's, it's like someone he knows, and so he's trying to figure it out. And then, and then someone speaks to him and says, Samuel, that's God speaking to you. And his answer, really simply, when he hears God calling, he just says, speak, Lord, I'm listening. Man, I think what a great posture for us to enter into to church, enter into the word is, speak, Lord, I'm listening. And the craziest miracles, when we ask him, he speaks to us. So God, we, we just invite you, speak, we're listening. Our ears are open, our hearts are soft, uh, our, our courage is aligned with faith. We want to do the things you're calling us to. I pray for uh, moments without any distraction that you'd speak to us. That we'd listen. In your name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, grab your seat. I'm excited. We're launching into to Psalms. In fact, we started yesterday. It's a 92-day plan through the book of Psalms, the longest book of the Bible, a book full of emotion. Do we have any emotional people in the room? <laughs> we heard only a singular type of emotion to that, like excitement. But some of you are like, oh, I'm emotional, you know, emotional. It's a, a, a book full of victory, a book full of lament, like frustration and complaint. When I read Psalms, sometimes I feel like Psalms is reading me. I'm like, whoa, I have felt that. I am feeling that right now. Psalms, is, 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 it's freeing to me to understand that God is okay and can handle the realest version of me. Can you turn to the person beside you and say, God can handle the real you? Like the real, real you, like the realest you. You know, sometimes I think, I think if we, we treat God as if he couldn't handle us if we just, if we were fully us. But th- there's some statements in here. I mean, you read through the Psalms and, and just like, God, why are you good to all the people that I hate? And why can't you hook me up? Some statements in here like, God, I have been praying, I've been singing, I've been serving, and you're just not there anymore. What is up? Some frustration, some complaint. There, there, there's some statements in here as you work your way through, you're going to find like, man, if, if David or, or the, the, the poet can be that honest, that raw, and that real, maybe I don't need to be a spiritual sounding person to have a good prayer life. Maybe I can just speak to God with an unfiltered emotion and then open my ears and let him speak to me. I love the Psalms. Love the Psalms for that. Psalms is like this call to worship. You know, worship is not only beautiful sounding music. Some of you are like, thank God. You know, my, my, my singing in the shower is nothing beautiful about it. But, but it is understanding and ascribing to God the worth of who he is. To understand God's worth. In the midst of trial, God is worthy. It's this beautiful song. I want to challenge us as a church these 92 days to read regularly. 
For some, that has not been normal to you. The, every day, the reading is really no longer than like a magazine article, okay? Slightly longer than a meme, but, but we're not talking a novel, okay? You don't have to carve out a ton of time to be consistent. It's about consistency. So let's read regularly. Let's read reflectively. That means that as we enter into the Word of God, it's like, God, don't just want to read words, get to the end of a page, and then say, what did I read? You ever been there studying for an exam? You're like, I'm, I'm locked in. I got this. I'm doing something. And then a way to say, I don't remember anything on this page. Even though my eyeballs looked at every one of these words, I know all these words. It's just when you combine them in these sentences, I don't remember what they were trying to say. God, I don't want to just like read words. I want to hear your voice. And you know, the Bible is so precious that the author is in the room every time. It's read. The Holy Spirit who inspired every word written in this book is in the room. And you go, I don't get this. To say, oh, let me point it out to you. Let me make it real to you. So let's read reflectively with this, this heart ready to receive and then to respond, reflect the, the, the light of what God is, is shining in our life. Let's read relationally. Like in this next three months, some of the, I've had people like, so what's the theological significance of 92? What's the numerology behind it? Just June, July, and August, when you combine them, has 92 days. So we're just saying like the summer, you know, 30 days in June, 31 in July, 31 in August, nothing more significant than that. In fact, it, it leaves for some really weird days. We're like, let's read half a chapter today. That's good. Some days we read a little more. But, but we want to create an environment where you being away for parts of the summer doesn't mean you get disconnected. So I've been in church a long time, and, and summer for often it feels like this time where you feel bad that you have vacation. I'm telling you, enjoy your vacation. Go get a tan. You need it. Not all of you, but some of you, you need it. Like, for real, enjoy. Be with family. Host people in the city. Eat good food. Sleep in and go to kids' service sometimes if you need to. But here's the thing I want you to know is that whether or not you're in the in the city at a given time, you can know exactly where we're going to be. And there will be hundreds of other people across our church who are in the same spot studying the same stuff. So you can like just cruise right back into conversation and be like, wow, Psalm 82, am I right? Wow. Wow. I was thinking about that this Wednesday. How about you? Yeah, me too. Wow. Crazy. We're on the same, just vibing right now. That's really the intention is that you don't have any reason to feel disconnected this summer, even though plans change, even though timing and schedule change. We want to serve you in that way. So here's the thing. Every week when you show up, we will be preaching out of what we've read that week. Okay. So, so you don't have to feel like you're disconnected and missing what's happening. And every day this summer, there's going to be a short little devotional video on on our youtube channel okay and through our app on our website you'll see every day little devotional thought a little like two two three minute thought from the scripture that day to help kind of remind us keep us on task is that cool with everyone let's do it relation let's do it together let's help each other let's remind each other i'm going to read like a magazine articles worth of, of life giving world changing stuff god breathed and then fourth let's read repeatedly I've read the Psalms I don't know how many times. I've read through the Bible many times. And yet somehow when I open it up and when I say God speak to me, he talks to what I'm thinking about now. Like in this season, I'm like, that's crazy. Written in Aramaic thousands of years ago. This is like my, my last Wednesday. Are you, you ever been there? Where something's like it comes out of the Bible, slaps you in the face, then gives you a big hug. You're like, whoa, God. It's amazing. So let's read repeatedly. The goal would not be to get to the end of August and then be like, oh, man, I hit the wall, you know. Like runners talk about a runner's high. I never got the Bible high. I'm just like exhausted. No, we're going to develop consistency in our lives that I believe will lead to a craving 
for God's word. Is that cool with everyone? So that's what we're doing today. We, that's what we're starting today. Yesterday we began, it was June 1st, we read Psalm chapter 1. And so as keeping in my promise, I'm going to preach out of what we've already read. So I'm going to preach out of Psalm chapter 1 today. Is that cool with everybody? A really simple message with a couple of questions that I want to pose to you and I today. The, the primary question, the title of the message today is, am I going the right way? Am I going the right way? You ever asked that question? Ever asked that question when you're driving? And you have to interrupt, you're like, sorry, great story, but am I going the right way? Like, you're the one looking at the map. Am I going the right way? The other day I was walking with a friend. He's like, man, I got to get to a meeting. I'm like, yeah, 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 me too, me too. And so we, we, we left the place where we were, and we we're walking up the street, and we're talking, engaged in, in dialogue. We had been walking a couple blocks. He goes, so where's your meeting? I said, oh, my meeting's back, back where we started. I was walking with you. He goes, I was walking with you. I'm like, you should have just interrupted me. Well, you could have interrupted me. Here we are walking together. Ever been there? Someone's like, I've never done that. That sounds crazy. Am I going the right way? Maybe you've, uh, you've inquired to your phone. At some point, you're walking like, hold up, sorry. And you're looking at the map, and you're like, where is the arrow? Right? And then it's like, recalibrate. And so you start doing the figure eight thing on the street. You're swearing your phone. You're like, I just need to know, am I going the right way? Have you ever been there? Am I going the right way? Sometimes I think in life, and I wonder if we're really honest with ourselves, one of the reasons why we don't like quiet time very much is it means we have to stop and consider, am I going the right way? Like I've been running headlong into this thing, but is it even the right way, the right direction? Am I going the right way in my relationship right now? Like I've really invested a lot into it, time, money, energy, emotion, effort, but am I even going the right way? Like is this the path God has for me, the the job he's got for me? I put everything I have into into climbing and ascending this ladder and I'm arriving at what I think is the the precipice, but am am I going the right way? Am I growing the right way in my personal development? Like not just existing and sucking in oxygen for however many years I have, but actually thriving and becoming the person I'm intended to be? Am I going the right way or am I just kind of on cruise control? I, I, I was driving with someone the other day and, uh, and, and, and we're, we're on our, our way and uh, he's driving, I'm talking and we've been going a while. He goes, hey, have you ever been to where we're going? I'm like, yeah, I have. He said, okay, good, because I never have. Like, bro, you're the one driving. You're the one who picked me up. He goes, yeah, I just like, am I still going the right way? Like a little checkup, a little point. Do you know God actually has a plan and a purpose for your life? He actually has a, a, a path for your life that is the way. Jesus, in fact, he called himself by that name, a nickname. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Nobody makes it to, to God. Nobody makes it to God's plan for their life. No one makes it to their destiny unless they come through me. There's just one way. I was at a wedding yesterday on Vancouver Island. And it was hosted at, at a farm ju- just outside the, uh, the thriving metropolis known as Courtney. And uh, we were on our way there. We had the address. Uh, we had a description of where to park. And then it just simply said this, the ceremony will be in the back. So we followed the address. We found the parking spot. And I found myself on this property and going, I wonder which way is the back. You with me? I'm like, like I, I suppose we could call any way the back. Like, on the back of that field, 
on the backside of the house over there or on the back of the barn this way. And I kind of just wandered around a little bit. The grass had grown high, like waist height, high enough that, that during like the, the vows that would be made out in this, this freshly mown field, there was people that's like, oh man, these vows are really getting my allergies going. It was amazing. It was, it was high grass. And, and so I kind of looked around this field and then I saw one singular pathway that had been freshly mowed through the high grass. And I found myself saying, I, I don't know for sure what they call the back, but I'm just going to guess that this is probably the way. And I made my way down that pathway, sure enough, came up and over the hill to where the ceremony would be held. I really think that, that God, if we would listen, actually wants to clarify the steps we take in such a way that we look at all the possible options in our life and we see clarity around the way, the next step. In fact, the Bible promises this, that it is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. You know, like showing us the next step where we're going and giving us perspective for where we're going to end up. The Bible, like a clear pathway. Do you believe that God has a way for you? Like, like God has a way for your finance. He has a way for your career. He has a way for your relationships. He has a reason why you're in this city. I, there's some people, like, they spend their whole time in life wishing they were in the next season or the last season. Thinking about the good old days or saying, I can't wait until, like, you know, I can't wait until I, you know, get into high school and I can't wait until I get my license. Can't wait till I graduate. Can't wait till I get to college. Can't wait till I graduate college. Can't wait till I get my job. Can't wait till I get my promotion. Can't wait till I retire. Dead. <laughs> what happened? This whole life, you know, living. Then there's other people like, oh, man, remember, remember last summer? Last summer was so great. Last summer was so good. Remember three summers ago? And they live in the past. But I, I really think God has a specific reason why you're here today. So you go, ah, oh, there's another city I plan to live in one day. Awesome. But as long as you're here, I think God's called you here. And he has a pathway for you here and a purpose for you here. And if you'd stop and pause and look for it, God is not playing hide and seek. God is not playing a game of celestial charades where he's making you guess what his will sounds like. He wants to show you his path. He wants to show you his way. So we got to ask ourselves, am I going the right way? Let's read Psalm chapter 1 together. It's only six verses long. And uh, it, it, it points us in the right direction as we launch into these 92 days in the book of Psalms. It says this, Blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is on the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind simply blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor the sinners in the assembly of the righteous for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Can you just underline or put a little box around that sixth verse? Psalm chapter one or verse six. Let's read it again. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. The, the Hebrew translation, it's actually that the Lord knows the way. Like the original language, the Lord knows the way of the righteous, or more accurately in its tense, the Lord is knowing the way of the righteous. Think about the implications of that. God is on this journey with you. He is presently knowing the way of the righteous. 
He is guiding you step by step. How many people here you are dedicated Google Map only people? Someone pulls up their Apple Map, you're like, no, 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 no. You got to trust the Google. Are you with me? Any, any Google Maps people? Okay. How many people you are, you're like Waze people. You're like, I like the collaborative that people can all speak into where there's a pothole. And you're with me? Like, it's just knowing. Okay, no Waze people. Awesome. How many people you're like, I like to look ahead of time, study, plan, highlight, make sure, write down directions. Anyone there? You, you that type of person? How many people you're like, no, I'm just a feel person. This feels like the right way. Are you with me? How many people are like, don't give me names and addresses. Just tell me landmarks, like the cute little house and the happy little tree and the enchanted little forest. I don't know. Yeah, but, but here's the fact. Like God is navigating this journey with us. The Bible says this. He's our ever-present help in times of trouble. There's actually a way that God doesn't just know but is presently knowing he's on a journey with us. Woo, that gets me excited. God is in this thing with you. In this thing with you to share his wisdom. Jesus put it this way. If you're weary, come to me. Learn from me. Like, take my yoke on your back. I'll do this thing with you. I'll pull some of the weight with you, and I'll show you the purpose, and you can learn from me. I'm humble, and you can keep in step with me. So here's God. There's a path that he is knowing. He is knowing, walking you through critical wisdom decisions around your relationships, around your career, around your destination, around the development of your character, around the way you navigate through some of the, the hang-ups from your past, around finding freedom. God, is there's a way he's knowing. So if that's true, we're asking ourselves, am I going the right way? I think there's three critical questions that help us determine. Number one, whose directions am I following? Whose directions am I following? If I want to know if I'm going the right way, i got to ask myself, whose directions am I following? Like, if you're sitting beside one of those people who, like, how many people, if you're really honest, you simply would say, I have zero sense of direction. I don't know where I'm going. Come on, put up your hand if that's you. Okay. Like, don't ask that person for directions. You're inviting stress into their life, and you have not given yourself any clarity if you're any closer to the destination. We have to ask ourselves, whose directions Am I following? Here, it says this, blessed. Now, by the way, blessed in Hebrew means two things. Ready? First thing, happy. Second thing, happy. It's a plural form of happy. It's happy, happy. That's what blessed means. God wants you to be blessed, that you'll be happy and happy. And there's some people you think like on the other side of that coin, God wants me to be happy, but he also wants me to feel misery sometimes. No, 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 no. God's blessing for you is that you'd be happy and happy. Like he came, the Bible says, so you could have an abundant life, a full life. You go, well, then why do I have to walk through hard things? I'm telling you, joy is not based on your circumstance. You can be joyful in the midst of rough circumstance when you understand how near the Lord is, however present his help is, the fact that you're going in a way that he knows and following the steps that he has that leads to the destiny that actually puts a smile on his face, according to the book of Philippians, that his plan for us is his good pleasure. So it says this, blessed or happy and happy is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked, who doesn't stand in the way that sinners go and doesn't sit in the seat of mockers. So we need to ask ourselves, who am I getting my directions from? Like, am I just trying to keep in step with the wicked? 
Am I just trying to keep up with and, and, and walk the same way? That I, th- I think a way to put this would be don't simply go with the direction that everyone else is going. Don't simply go with the flow. That's not going to lead you to your destiny. You're like, hold on. Are you getting judgy on me? You calling everyone wicked? No, actually, you know what the Bible says? That we're all wicked. It, says, it puts it this way. There's a way that seems right to a man or a woman like humanity. It feels right. It just leads to death. It feels right. Like, let me, let me show you. When someone harms you, someone hurts you, you know what feels right? Being bitter. It feels really right. Retribution, getting revenge, feels like the right thing. The only thing is it leads you into a prison that you can't get out of. It leads to death. It feels right in the moment. You feel totally justified to hold hate in your heart towards someone who has harmed you. Bad news is it just leads to death. I'll tell you, there's a way that feels right. Like some mornings you wake up and you're like, I don't want to do anything. Know what way feels right? Just don't do anything. The only problem is if you live that way all the time, you'll never do anything. And you lead into a destructed life that the, the Proverbs refers to as to be a sluggard. What a great word. We should incorporate that more often. Uh, I just feel like a little bit sluggardly today. It's amazing. There's a way that feels right. It just leads you the wrong direction. That, like That's what wickedness is. I, I think there's far fewer people who wake up in the morning thinking, how can I be wicked today? And, and far more people who simply are just following their urges, who are following their impulses, who are following their, their feelings. I mean, one scripture says this, that the heart is deceptive above all things. And well, like the things that feel right just lead you down the wrong path. Like, like I want to experience all of the pleasure that I'd like to experience right now. I don't think about the consequence. The only problem is this law of diminishing returns, that you experience uh, pleasure now, but if you don't do it within the context that God designs and created, it actually leads to less and less and less pleasure. It leads to death. Like, I, like I'll tell you, there's nobody here who, 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 th- who thinks or who by default is just righteous. We're all flawed. The Bible says not one has measured up to the glory of God apart from the, the work that Jesus did to make us the righteousness of God. So simply put here, it's saying don't keep in step and get your cues from just looking around at what everyone else is doing. That's a sure way to failure. If you're just keeping in step with, with the wicked, now that, that would also include if I'm keeping in step with what my heart feels like doing. I'm just, I'm just walking out the marching orders that my emotions are giving me right now. I don't feel like caring, so I don't care. It leads to death. And it says this, don't walk in the in step with the wicked. Also, don't stand in the way that sinners stand and don't sit in the seat of mockers. Do you notice the decline of forward momentum from walking to standing to sitting? At one point, you're like, I was going in a direction and I kind of lost some steam and now I've just become comfortable. Anyone ever become comfortable? Comfortable in a place you ought not belong? I mean, here it says that in the seat of mockers. And I was like, comfortable around the critical. I think you ought to ask yourself the question, if you're the person that everyone gossips to, why is that? Like, I'm just hearing a lot of gossip these days. Why, why is that that people feel comfortable gossiping to you? Another question or thing you ought to consider is that if someone gossips to you, they also gossip about you 100% of the time. I don't want to be comfortable amongst the critical. The Bible, like, it just shows this declining forward momentum. I was walking, then I just started standing, and eventually I found myself just sitting and pointing out the flaws in others. Like, that's not going to lead you into blessing. 
It's not going to lead you into being happy, happy. This is really freeing because just keeping up with what your neighbor has won't make you happy. Like keeping up with, with what the people you follow on Instagram have or the way they appear won't make you happy. Like finding your, I got my dream job. That doesn't necessarily make you happy if your dreams are just based on what other people have. And you go like, I'm, I have the things now that, the, that I thought the people who seemed to be happy had and I don't feel the way I think they felt. You following with me? I went from walking and then I'm standing and now I'm just sitting. That's never going to lead you into happiness. Instead, the Bible says, like, don't find your direction just from following what feels right, following what seems to be. It seems like everyone's going this way. I'll just go this way. Have you noticed that ever, like, in a crowd? When, there, when there's a, a congested crowd, maybe like the, the, like the fireworks in the summer or a sporting event of some sort or a concert, and someone's like, are we going the right way? I got to know, but everyone's going this way. It feels right. Must be right. Like, all these people couldn't be wrong, Right. So there's actually direction that the Bible would speak to, a pathway that God has. I want to challenge us. Let's invite God into the the instruction of our life, into giving us guidance, into giving us some direction. Let's invite God's word into a place of honor in our life where before we just rush after what we feel, we pause and reflect and say, you know, what would Jesus have me do in this situation? You know, I, I'm audacious enough to believe that the Bible actually speaks into everything that matters in our life. Because it, it says it has everything we need for life and godliness. Like You want to navigate life well? The Bible actually has what you and I need to do that. And whoa, will the Bible help me decide which shirt to wear today? Probably not. Probably not. But every wisdom decision you need to make, God wants to speak into. Every wisdom direction decision you make, God wants to speak into and be given room for so i gotta ask myself if if i'm going the right way first where am i getting my directions where do i get my directions i following what just feels right or am i giving pause and letting god speak over the next 92 days i i bet god is going to give direction into some areas you weren't even thinking about right now i bet he's going to speak into some decisions you didn't even know were decisions yet give you some solutions to problems that seemed impossible Step by step. Number two, not only uh, the question of whose directions am I following, but number two, where do I get my drive? What's fueling me? What, what's, what's pushing me forward? Check out, check out the next uh, verse. It says this, they don't follow just the way the wicked follow. That's walking, standing, and sitting. Instead, their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it they meditate both day and night. Their delight Anyone have a sweet tooth in the room? Come on, any people, you got a sweet tooth? You can find, like, you don't have to really go looking for sugar. It just finds you, right? You don't have to go pursuing hard to find. It finds you. You got a sweet tooth. There's a delight to it. There's a craving to it. Here the Bible's saying this. There's something blessed, something that leads to happy, happy for those who develop a taste for God's word, who develop a desire for God's word, whose drive is fueled by this notion that that God is in it with me and God has a plan for me and his ways are perfect. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are better than my thoughts. A man has a plan, but God ordains his steps to develop a craving for the word of God. Imagine if that happened over the next 92 days. 
that instead of like, oh, I got to do my devotions. Have you ever heard someone say that? Just got to go do my devotions, right? <laughs> That's like something like, oh, I just got to go do my sweet tooth thing and eat some cookies, <laughs> right? Like you just, you respond to what you desire. It's what, it's what drives you. It's the purpose. Imagine that if our desire became the word of God to give it a place in our life, God's word to speak into our life because we believe his promises are good. Man, that's a good motivation. It says this, that drive, that desire leads to meditating day and night. It means pondering God's word day and night. Going like, how does this apply? Do you know, David, later on, he says this, even at night, your word instructs me. In other words, like when given time without distraction, that moment before you fall asleep or for some of those minutes or hours when you lay awake at night, because of the craving you have, because of the desire you have, it's God's thoughts over you that you're pondering. And even at night, things are coming together like, oh, wait, that's how it works. It's a great thought. You know, I don't want to invite you to be crazy or instruct you that you need to. You only really need to think about God two times a day, okay? Daytime and nighttime. Two times a day. That his thoughts are on my mind. That God's word has, ha, like, has a platform in my life to speak into me. Not only who's giving me direction, but what is my drive? Like, where does my drive come from? If your drive is simply to be praised, it's going to lead you in a wrong direction. In fact, I just love getting around people who cheer for me. It's amazing. The, the only problem is the type of people who only ever cheer for you don't love you. The Bible says this, the enemy of you like multiplies kisses. Goes, oh, you're so awesome. But the wounds from a friend can be trusted. The one who goes, yeah, it seems right to me. Just go for it. You're amazing. They, like, there's no way to know if that's, that's coming out of love. But the person who pauses and goes, hey, I just love you too much to let you go down that path. Can I give you some, in, some insight? That person loves you. The truth is, if you're just chasing praise, chasing flattery if that's what drives you it's going to lead you in the wrong direction even if you had the greatest intention if you're just chasing uh you know you know having having enough feeling as though if i ever get enough then i'll be happy enough and satisfied enough if that's what's driving you you'll find you never have enough but instead delighting in the law of the lord i want to be who god's called me to be i'm nothing more and nothing less. That's what humility is, by the way, to be nothing more or nothing less than what God has called you to be. So where do I get my directions? Where does my drive come from? And then lastly, really simply, like, what's the destination that I'm aiming for? Imagine how bizarre it would be to ask for directions and when asked to where, you said, I don't know. Yesterday I was with a friend. He's like, oh, there's this great ice cream spot. I can't remember exactly where it is, but I kind of know near. Let's head over there. So we headed over there, and he's like, I thought it was here, but it doesn't seem to be there. And then we saw some people who had ice cream cones. We rolled down our window and said, hey, where'd you get the ice cream? Yeah, just a couple of blocks that way. But imagine, you know, same thing. We're wandering around the neighborhood, roll down the windows. Hey, where should we go? Uh, where are you trying to get? Don't know. Where should we go? I mean, I think there's a lot of people actually living their life that way. Like thoroughly convinced 
that they're going the right way, but they don't even know where they're trying to get, but they're super convinced they're doing it right. You have that friend? You ever been that friend? Like super convinced everything you do is, oh yeah, you're faking it till you make it. Right, that friend, oh yeah, I know this is, this is, man, I got this job, God's gift to me, such a blessing. The next week you see them like, oh, best news, got rid of my job, it was God's plan for me. You know, just totally, totally cramping my style. Like they meet someone like, I think God's spoken to me, you're the one. A week later, like I was in prayer this morning, God spoke, it's just not right, I'm laying it down at his altar. Like man, don't fake it till you make it. There's some people, they don't even know what they're aiming for, thoroughly convinced they're going the right way. There's other people not knowing what they're aiming for, thoroughly convinced they're missing the mark. Always anxious that they're doing it wrong. Always fearful that they're going the wrong way. Always, you know, but what if I do something and then I'm out of God's will? Hey, we need to get a vision for the destination. We need to get some perspective for where we're even trying to get. And God, in this, in this psalm, in Psalm chapter 1, shows this incredibly contrasted Im- imagery of where we're headed okay can i read it for you the band's going to come back let me look at this incredibly contrasted image it says the person who meditates on the law of the lord is like a tree planted by the stream of water that yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers not so the wicked they're like chaff they're like hold up i am not a farmer i don't know what chaff is you ever eaten popcorn? The piece that gets stuck in your tooth? Chaff. Useless. The only reason I buy floss. Chaff. It is just, it's like the, the, the film around the seed. And, and specifically with grain or, or wheat, the way you get rid of chaff is you take a handful of seeds that have this little kind of, pa- you know, like, have you ever had like a raw peanut and it's got that papery stuff? Chaff. They take the seeds with the chaff on them, throw them up in the air, and wind blows and just, (laughs) chaff's gone, and the seed falls back down. Like, this is a really contrasted image. Those who are blessed are like trees, well-watered, completely fruitful, totally resilient, and prospered. Those who don't, (laughs) that's a really contrasting picture. If it were... You know, those who are blessed are like really good, healthy, robust trees that bring great fruit. Those who are not blessed, I mean, pretty good trees that bring not bad fruit. Take your pick. We might look and say, well, it's a lot of work to do things God's way and go that way. You know, maybe, but it's this crazy contrast. Here's the vision God has for your life, that you would be rooted, like established, satisfied, steady, constant, that you would be well-nourished, that you would be completely fruitful, that you would be completely resilient. Like it says that leaves don't even wither. So like hot sun comes, doesn't turn brown because it's so well cared for and that you'd be prospered in all you do. And I think some of us have aimed far too low. We've aimed far too realistic. You know, no one from my family has ever like made something of themselves. So if I can just kind of make it through, that'll be good enough. You know, no one in my line of work ever really feels happy with their job. So if I can just kind of get through and make it, I'll be good enough. You know, no one in my family's ever made it in a relationship. Like, we just don't do commitment. So that's okay. I'll just, a little bit of pleasure here, a little bit of, you know, season of fun there. Like, no one I know has ever been out of debt. We just all live in debt. And so, chaff. God's plan for you 
is that you would be steady and nourished and fruitful and resilient and prospered. Some of you got to get a vision in your life that it's more, you're going, oh man, I don't know. And maybe one day if everything goes really well, I'll get over this addiction that I have. Maybe if everything just lines perfectly. Man, God's got more vision for you than just getting you out of your addiction. He's got purpose for you destiny for you. I believe not only in one area, but in every area of your life. The Bible says prospered in all you do. That's God's purpose for you. To be blessed. Happy and happy. Stop for one minute. Just imagine it. Imagine in your relationships right now being happy and happy. Imagine in your job right now in your career path right now, looking at your future and going, <laughs> I'm happy and I'm happy. Imagine when you're all alone, you look at yourself in the mirror and like not, not even so much about the physical things that you see, but the person you're becoming. And instead of mumbling to yourself about all your failures, you're like, wow. I'm so happy about who I'm becoming. And in addition to that, I'm happy. Imagine that like in your, your giftedness, your calling, your ministry. You're like, oh, I'm thriving. Like I'm steady and nourished and fruitful and resilient and everything I'm part of. God is blessing. That's his purpose for your life. That's his direction for your life. And he says there is that way. That's the way he is knowing right now that he is leading you to if you would follow him. Can I pray for you? We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.